Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. Let's talk to you out there, the world-changing human being. And whether you consider yourself a world-changer, an uh, influencer, a leader, etc., just know that if you're being and becoming your greatest possible self, your voice, your actions, your message, your purpose, one, you're already living your purpose, and two, it makes a difference. Whether it's one person's life that you're really making a difference in or many, hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, millions, whatever the number is, you make a difference. So I really want to acknowledge you for that, number one. Number two, I want to support you however I possibly can. So if that's number one, coming on the 12-hour marathon as a special guest, if you want to find out more about that, I'm going to tell you how you can do that in just a second, getting in contact with me. Number two, if you want to create your own platform, launch your own message out into the world, launch your own podcast, I love helping our clients do that. One of my favorite things to do, we have a, a quarterly mastermind where we help people launch their podcast in 90 days or less. So that's a blast. The next one starts in a couple of weeks, um, July, third week of July, depending on when this podcast comes out. It might be like this week. Um, <laughs> so if you want to launch your podcast, contact me. And then lastly, if there's anything else I can do to support you, encouragement, coaching, clarity, you just want to become your greatest possible self, I'm here for you. So send me a message, get in contact, okay? Raise your hand, say I'm ready to become my greatest possible self even more. I just want to know that you're out there and I just want to give you some love, okay? Send me an email, chris at beyourgps.com. That's one way. You can contact me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash th3burns, or you can find me on Instagram as well and direct message me there at I am Millionaire Chris. Would love to hear from you and hear what you're up to, what you're creating, and how we can support each other and keep growing into our GPS. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Next up is the iTunes review of the week. This week it's by Feminine One, and Feminine One says Chris Burns' podcast is filled with knowledgeable speakers and thought leaders. Love it. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you giving us that feedback. What you love the most, these speakers and thought leaders. I agree. We got the best people on here to empower you, to help you become your GPS. So make sure you stay tuned. Number one, subscribe on iTunes. Keep getting all these latest updates, episodes, new content that we're putting out. We release a new episode every day, so you don't want to miss any of that gold, any of the gold, the one interview, the one piece of information that could really make a difference in your life to help you transform, transcend, and truly own your greatest possible self. So that's the first encouragement. The second is uh, if you want to give us feedback, if you want to let us know how we're doing and help us keep growing the show, go ahead and give us a review as well. Search Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self on iTunes or uh, on the internet and just let us know. Keep us in the loop what you really love and what you want to see even more of. Thank you, thank you, thank you in advance for doing it. I appreciate you. 
I'm going to introduce Jacob in just a second here. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, and then throw it to the side because you're probably not going to need it because we're talking about mindfulness and a lot of other really great stuff. No, just kidding. Take notes if that is your jam, if that feels good for you, if that's your, your flow. And I want you to grow from this experience, from this conversation. And I think a lot of the value is going to be uh, experiencing it and being able to open up your perspective, open up your paradigm, because Jacob has a lot of life experience to come from, and he's helping people in a big, big way. So make sure you stay tuned all the way through till the end of the interview, because it feels good to complete what you start. It feels good to finish. It feels good to have integrity. It feels good to be someone who sticks it through 110%. Go the extra mile. I believe in you. Let's introduce Jacob, and then we'll bring him on the screen. Jacob Cooper is a world-renowned public speaker on higher consciousness and the true nature of our being. Through his profound near-death experience, he empowers others through educating and answering the mystery about life on the other side of the veil and the eternal nature of consciousness. He provides individual sessions in his private office and workshops. Jacob is a licensed social worker certified Reiki master, certified hypnotherapist therapist with a specialization in past life regression therapy. He additionally facilitates meditation sessions and workshops throughout the country. And he's currently writing his own book that entails his own profound experiences that can inspire and enlighten others to live their truth and expand on their connection to higher consciousness in their everyday lives. And we are blessed to have Jacob here with us today. Jacob, are you ready to rock the house, my man? I am ready. Thank you, Chris. I am ready. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome, man. I appreciate you. Program. Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it, dude. We've been been wanting to get you onto this show and do an amazing interview with you for a while now. So I'm, I'm super grateful that we finally made it happen. We've been growing together for a number of years as well and just keeping in touch. So I'm, I'm grateful for staying in touch with you, for continuing to grow our relationship and check in and support each other uh, throughout the years, man. I, I appreciate you and I, I just love seeing you grow and all that you're up to, man. Right back at you, brother. I'm so proud of all your progress and your growth and your brother. And, um, you know, it's an honor to be on your program. Keep up yes. your great work. Yes. yes. Thank you. Thank you, Jacob. So we are going to dive right into the theme of the day. Today's theme is who are the five associates who you're around the most? Now, that doesn't necessarily mean who are those five people. And I want you to list them. I just want you to think about and contemplate, meditate on what impact do these five closest people or five associations have on you and how have you prioritized really doing something about that choosing wisely who you surround yourself with whether it's physical people or non-physical entities i'm sure you can speak to both uh, but would love to hear uh, what that impact has been on your life jacob yeah you know um you know for me um i was you know, I, I guess I had a double-edged sword type viewpoint towards my own, you know, childhood near-death experience. I mean, what I had at a very young age is what a lot of people train and aspire to and try to give every fiber they're being to experience. And here it was handed mm -hmm. at me at a young age where I didn't have to work for it. It just, you know, came to me, mm -hmm. you know, so that experience was, was pivotal in my worldview. And um, I don't remember life being normal ever. It was always, you know, a supernatural existence. And you know, mm -hmm. I certainly had to 
uh, suppress a lot of that experience, to integrate, to fill in. But thank you know God, there's been a lot of people in my life who have eased, eased the way and allowed you know myself to to own you know my experience. And every day there are millions of people coming out of the woodworks who have had near death experiences, a lot of body experiences, spiritual transformative experiences that are really you know, changing the way that we look at consciousness, this world, and everyday life, and, you know, it's pretty profound. So I'm, I'm just very fortunate to be uh, doing this at the right time when consciousness is really expanding and blossoming. Mm -hmm. Everyone's getting, getting a podcast and very out there, so thank you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're welcome, man. You're welcome, and I'm I'm proud of you as well for taking that life experience and being willing to share about it, being willing to communicate it with others, so that you can make an even bigger difference. Because a lot of people um, have those experiences, and then they keep them to themselves selfishly uh, because it hurts a lot. They're suffering, and they don't know how to um, transmute that pain into. Uh, you know, making a difference for others and ultimately truly being grateful for the gifts that they used to think were their greatest, um, you know, chains and their greatest pains. So I, I appreciate you transmuting all that experience and, and rising above it and surrounding yourself with amazing people who can help you do that even more, man. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, from a very young age, I was always an athlete. And, um, you know, there was one man who I met at a young age who really was pivotal in my life. Um, he was actually the uh, meditation coach for the Bulls and the Lakers. Wow. And he brought mindfulness to Michael Jordan and Kobe and Shaq. And so from a very young age, you know, it's almost as if the universe has you know, planted a lot of these people to allow myself to take ownership of this, you know, spiritual stuff and understanding that um, it could be implemented in almost every day moment. Um, um, you know, um, I think a lot of people practice certain activities uh but spiritual practice is something that you implement in every day of life and it's mm -hmm. just transforming this mundane to a sacred journey uh but that individual that i met at a very young age as a family friend you know was a pivotal um expedited individual in my life that allowed me to take a lot more ownership of of my work and understanding different tools to um you know expedite change and success yeah, uh, yeah. dude yeah. i love it I love it, Jacob. It's super powerful. And for anyone who's just connecting with you, I mentioned your intro in the beginning, like your bio and kind of the formal uh, process of sharing that. But I'd love for you to share in your own words um, what you stand for and how you serve your clients today. You know, um, for me, I, I come from a family of about two um, or three psychotherapists. Mm. And so I was born, you know, you know, to, to give. Uh, my name is uh, Cooper, which translates to barrel maker. Uh, but, you know, my family, we oftentimes carol, uh, carry people in barrels and, you know, if you can't walk, we kind of, you know, let your hands to allow you people to stand and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, the family that I was born to was very much into service and uh, giving over to others. And so naturally, uh, that's what I was born into. And so for me, um, you know, I was very much devoted to helping people from a ground up foundational perspective. Mm -hmm. um, I had a lot of the tools to build other aspects of the home. Uh, but for me, I was very driven, you know, in my early, um, you know, you know, teens and twenties to learn foundational exercises on myself uh, and others. And so for me, I work, you know, full-time as a psychotherapist in a mental health clinic. Um, I work uh, with clients, um, 
you know, you got a brain, you got a body, you know, I could try to work with you. Uh, but, uh, you know, within the clinic, um, I'm able to not only see individual clients, but I run three mindfulness meditation groups a week. And so what I stand for is trying to, um, you know, increase accessibility to some of these tools because, you know, um, you know, I think the playing field needs to be evened out with certain socioeconomical populations who may not know about this stuff or not privy to the information and so that they can have more tools because they need it just as much as the next. And so, you know, I think increasing accessibility to all populations is, is important to me. I was able to do that. And, you know, privately, I have a private practice for, um, for, for hypnosis. I work, you know, mainly, you know, in the realm of past life regressions, but I also do hypnosis for weight loss. I don't hypnosis for academic success, cigarette cessation, uh, confidence boosting. So I, I do have, you know, private clientele through phone sessions or in the, you know, confines and, you know, comforts of my own home office. Um, and I do, you know, energy work, you know, in, in Reiki, if you're not familiar with Reiki, I suggest you, you know, might Google it, but it's a form of Japanese, uh, you know, healing, you know, that works with the electromagnetic or auric fields in the physical body, emotional body, mm. um, spiritual body of a, of a person um, in a non-invasive and comforting way. And, um, you know, I also do um, a lot of talks, like we said, about my own near-death experience and entails and life on the other side of the veil. And I run you know, a lot of, you know, mindfulness programs on a pro bono basis, or mm. uh, paid basis. I work very closely with breast cancer patients on integration of mindfulness that, you know, cancer patients to me is a population that I'm called to do. And I think mindfulness works very well with that sect. Uh, but, um, you know, I work in a lot of, you know, there's many paths up to the mountain. It's a similar light. Mm. And so I know you understand we speak a similar language. Um, you know, I work on many different levels of the home, you know, so that hopefully people are able to um, embody and enjoy, you know, their own dwelling place, um, you know, and, and, and embrace it a little bit more. Yeah, so, yeah, 100%. I love it. Jacob, you are a man of many talents and serving a lot of different people, and I love it. I really, really appreciate you. Um, also, standing up for the people who are less fortunate, who may not have access or awareness to this information and to these resources that could really make a difference for them. Um, I know that my dad uh, had colon cancer, I think it was last last year. And uh, he hasn't practiced meditation. He doesn't know about alkalizing his body. He doesn't know about, you know, the stress and stuff like that that's created um, from lifestyle choices and, and things like that. So it's like, man, if only he knew, if only these people who didn't know uh, knew. And, I'm, and you and I were also on our own journey of consciousness and expanding that and becoming more aware of what makes the difference for us and evolving and make a, making a bigger impact. So, uh, you know, I just really appreciate what you do and the work that you do in the world. And I also want to go back to your journey and talk about uh, going to the other side of the veil, so to speak, and uh, what that event was like and what the journey's been like for you, man. Yeah, you know, I, I know you mentioned I'm working on a book, and so it's hard to get into the full intel of the experience. But for viewers out there who are unfamiliar, you know, with my story or, you know, my you know book that's in the works, um, at three years old, I suffered from. You know, something called whooping cough, um, you know, which can be deadly if untreated. And so I had this endless, you know, cough and I it wasn't treated for a vaccine to prevent it. And uh, three years old, I suffocated and all you know, aspects of my physical body began shutting down, you know, one step at a time. And you know, slowly but surely, I actually suffocated. Mm. And once I suffocated, you know, my brain you know, snapped in half and, you know, almost as if you take a plug in a wall and yank it out. 
And so that's when I was able to get out of my body and into the infinite consciousness in which I encountered all celestial beings on the other side. I had a very heightened awareness, um, you know, of, of this world, the material world, and, and that world, you know, the spirit realm. You know, so I was able to really understand the two parallels and the two worlds mm. you know, at the same time. And I was able to encounter it's called spiritual guides um, mm. or beings that you're incarnated, you know, before you're incarnated with who are involved in the charting process and are there with you and guiding you and trying to um, you know, get you to your highest and greatest good. Um, kind of like 24 seven hour counselors with you working with you. And, uh, you know, they, they know that you can't, you, there's, there's transparency over there. You can't, you can't hide from, um, you know, who you are and what you think. Uh, so, and, but I was also able to, um, experience what's called a life review, which is every thought, deed, action that I've done, not only in this carnation, uh, but it's mostly the impact that it has on another. And, and even at a young age is able to feel that impact. Uh, and I was also able to recall past lives and, I was able to tune into my own spiritual, you know, family on the other side or soul group, as you would call it. Um, and I was able to see my life's mission, um, which was you know, providing um, a lot of uh, healing and closure to people who might have questions as the continuity of consciousness past the body and people who are fearful of death. And so uh, my moment in my trauma was a sacrifice in a way, like millions of other near-death experiences, to allow uh, to be harbingers of good news that uh, there's nothing to fear. You know, death is merely an awakening. Um, it's uh, it's a, an exciting continuation period. Uh, but really, you know, heaven is in this moment, I, I do believe. Uh, this mm. moment, uh, we're able to implement some of that higher consciousness. And so, um, you know, I was able to see what I would be doing. I had a whole experience of seeing my life unfold in front of my eyes in every moment. And, uh, you know, there's two schools of thought uh, within the near-death experience. There's one experience where um, you're forced to stay back. You have karmic work to do and karmic duties. Or, um, you know, there's another situation where you decide to choose. Um, so when I was given all those uh, visions, I was uh, I had the most important pivotal decision to make in a spontaneous moment because my body was suffocating and I was deprived from oxygen. And so I had to choose quickly. And I made a decision to, uh, you know, Day, you know, in this life, and I'm very thankful for that. And so, um, you know, I think that the my biggest mission is to allow people to re-remember and re-experience who you are, because mm. you know, in this world, there's a lot of deprogramming that occurs, and um, you know, through different institutions, um, you know, we aren't very, you know, very much in parallel with who we are, and we for and we forget that, you know, it's kind of Plato said, some people drink more or less from the waters, waters of forgetfulness. Mm. Uh, a lot of Greek philosophers would talk about near-death experiences. And, you know, it's been uh, a lot of celebrities have, have had it throughout time. But now, really, it's taken on a whole new form because uh, with the advancements of science, medicine, that incubation between life and death is really increasing, as well as giving the confidence to have platforms as you know, mm. many people who aren't, you know, Woodstock hippies, you know, um, you know, smoking whatever all day. You know, there's very real professional people who are having these experiences who are very rational and left brain and, you know, regular people go to their job, go home, go to their grocery store. But they happen to uh, have moments where they are, you know, able to take in off of this, you know, programming that we're all a part of, or as Plato would refer to as the allegory of the cave, where mm. they were kind of shown images of what society wants it to see. And then you escape that and you, you know, achieve a level of clarity. Mm -hmm. Passport portrayed, yeah. 
That's incredible. So uh, I want to, I'm curious because I've never experienced anything like this, which is awesome because I'm so curious. I'm so like, man, what was it like? What, what was that experience like? Um, when you like went into the spiritual realm, um, like how did you, how were you aware of that? And, and at like three years old, and how did you bring that awareness back with you into this lifetime, into the, into the 3d, uh, realm? You know, in, in, in those moments, uh, I'm a natural skeptic. I was born that way. And so in those moments, uh, I remember pitching myself. I'm like, you know, is this a hallucination? Yeah. Uh, am I making this up out of fear? Um, you know, I, I know there's a large school of thought that says a near-death experience has happened, you know, due to hallucinations and your you know, you know, brain and psyche's desire to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, you know, my brain was shut down. So at the very least, I should have very limited thought. Not, you know, a very profound experience. It's really the only experience that I remember from my childhood. You know, so the very basis, your cerebral cortex should be able to produce a very limited, you know, type thought. But for me, this was as just as real as talking to you. Mm. And so in those moments, it was, I guess I'm going to use the term bug out because it was just so much for me to to handle. Mm. You know, it's like you take a fish and you just throw it in a pond of water and it's just like there's a shock value to it. Mm. It's a familiar place, granted. You know, but you're used mm-hmm. to even three years. You know, feels like a long time. You know, in, in, in some ways that you haven't been there. Mm-hmm. You know, back to your home. And so, for me, there was like a, a trauma and a shock. And then, you know, eventually the particles began to slow down, and the experience began to crystallize to, re, you know, more tangibility and reality. And you know, my own, you know, emotions began to settle down. And so, it felt very much real. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was happening all in front of me. It wasn't a mental experience. It was a real, you know, experience. And so that side, you know, all it is is if you take a radio, you know, dial and just tune up a frequency, it's just another realm. It's just another vibration. Uh, and so everything was happening right in front of my eyes. And um, I can't get into the full extent of it because we, we could be here for hours on end. And that's a little bit more as in my book, but it's a very real experience. And I don't call it death. I call it a, re, a rebirth, a reawakening and coming mm a lot more into who you are and the infinite consciousness that you that we all truly are that we yeah. sometimes forget mm. uh, in this reality it's finite reality so yeah, yeah. powerful powerful man uh, it's funny like as i asked that jessica came up with this, the same question of there's so many people that say those near death experiences are simply your mind processing what's going on or recalling things you've heard or known um, you know, what do you say to that? And so it sounds like the, the experience was so real for you that you, you could tell that it wasn't just, Hey, I'm recalling what has happened, but like you, you, it was so real, you know? Yeah. You know, it's the only thing as early as I could remember that, that I could almost recall. Uh, but really, you know, I know there's that school of thought that says that, you know, it's a trauma and you're having hallucinations, you know, but really those should be very limited type thoughts. I know for me, my brain was deprived of oxygen. So to have any thought to that extent, you know, you know, how do you explain that? You know, so that's, you know, really tells you that the brain is just a filter of consciousness. You know, mm. It doesn't uh, create consciousness. It just is a temporary storehouse. And for me, once my brain shut down, consciousness continued. And it didn't stop at that moment. Uh, so uh, I know many other near-death experiences will, will echo that. But, you know, it's 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 very healthy to have skepticism and question. And I, I certainly entertain it because it allows me to, you know, question my experience. Yeah. That, that helps to take ownership and to understand uh, this and to make it more tangible in this reality. So 
skeptics are my friend. I don't, um, I don't shun that. I'm actually very grateful for the scientific community yeah. who keeps, you know, near-death experiencers honest. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Love it. I love it. I, I heard, um, I don't know if you've heard of Tom Bilyeu and Impact Theory, um, but it's a great, great show, great podcast. And he interviewed a, a guru. I don't remember his name, uh, but it was a pretty recent episode. And basically he said, whenever you have a belief about something like this is the way it is um you shut down to learning you shut down to joy you shut down to uh possibility and expansiveness expansion you know consciousness is in my opinion super expand expanding always you know it's all consciousness is always expanding because as soon as you put it in a box and say this is the way it is and this is the truth like it boxes what's possible and we're in a reality of infinite possibilities, right? Or in, in a, in a uh, universe or a multiverse or whatever we want to call it. So many different dimensions where any number of possibilities could exist. What are your thoughts on that? 100%. You know, so many people come up to me as if I'm some papa's guru and I know everything about life after death and the universe. And <laughs> um, what else? I'll, I'll have to quickly dismiss that. Uh, claim or, or that that pedestal because what I'll say is I am just you know the same as you I, I happen to have you know a profound experience but that experience was a very limited understanding of, of mm. reality and all that we are I am merely just a drop in this giant ocean mm. who understood you know where I come from who understood the ocean but to say that one being that I can understand the entirety of the ocean uh, you know would, would be dishonest and, and, and not true and so for me, um, it allowed more of an openness and more of a thirst for spiritual expansion and, mm. and to not be closed off to infinite possibilities. When you think of infinite, you can't divide that. You can't mark that up. And so one experience is, is, is an aspect, is a very small aspect of the mm. um, you know, so the all couldn't be the all if that's the case. <laughs> you know? I love it. I love it. And that, that seg segues right into um, this conversation about the eternal nature of consciousness. And uh, I'm curious, where did that conversation, that specific way of framing it and phrasing it and why that pulls to you and in, in your mission, and your soul, uh, where did that come from for you? Yeah, you know, a lot of people associate the physical body with consciousness or the brain with consciousness. And so I can understand logically when you see someone in a casket, you would be quite saddened and quite um, upset and certainly, you know, grief kicks in, um, you know, but for me, that's, you know, that's very important because grief is very natural and you've been yeah. programmed to that condition. Uh, but my experience was a way to, you know, almost unplug myself from what we've been conditioned to look at. The soul and who we are is not, you know, merely made by the body. It's just temporarily stored. And, you know, that we have a rich past, we'll have a rich future. And, you know, death is nothing to fear, but rather embrace. And each moment is a building block in the school of life, you know, mm -hmm. in this earth plane that we're a part of to evolve. I know Charles Darwin talks about the physical evolution as a species. But I think right. for my experience, we're here to learn lessons and grow from an inner perspective. So that our souls could reach higher planes, and we could, you know, burn off, you know, karmic ties and uh, previous patterns, so that lessons are no longer needed to be repeated, and less, uh, you know, lessons are embraced freely. Messages are no longer need to be imprinted, um, and that goes with past lifetimes. But really, you know, for me, it allowed me to understand from those moments that, you know, when my physical body shut down, that, you know, life goes on. 
and it's very exciting. It's nothing to be afraid of. Wow. Yeah. And I think what you said earlier about death is an awakening. I think that's one really great perspective that this is it's just a transition. This is just a season of our consciousness. I don't know if that's accurate or uh, effective way of describing it, but uh, there's a, this journey that we're going on through this body, through this discovery. And I think what you said was healing, you know, healing the karmic wounds, he- healing the things from the past so that we can become more whole, more connected to consciousness, infinite consciousness, because along a certain lifetime, let's say, if we cause a wound in someone else, then we get to heal that in some way in a future lifetime so that we don't only have the perspective of, man, I wounded this person or I caused this hurt or I hurt myself or whatever it might be, but I have both perspectives, which creates an integration, which creates a wholeness. So there's no longer these segmented parts and segmented lives of a different perspective of consciousness, but it's all, it all comes together. Does that make sense to you? Is that something, a way you relate to it? Oh yeah. And you know, I don't take a religious perspective where what I mean by that it's material or information is handed to me. And I believe in that, Mm. you know, for me, all of my truths are based off of firsthand evidential experience experience that I've had. And so in my near death experience, what you're saying rings true in the life review that I had, in which I saw every flashing image, but with the feeling of another person, the feeling of what that did to another person. And so when people speak about heaven or hell, a lot of it is just feeling all that you've done you know, to another. And, wow. you know, whether you left this world in a brighter, you know, better place, or, you know, if you have some loose ends to, to kind of patch up. So mm. speak. certainly no one's perfect, but we're here to really you know, take a hard look at some of our actions and finding ways to maximize relationships and taking higher ground, you know, in, in, in difficult situations and learning how to take higher vantage points with the face value, you know, life that comes our way. And to me, that's what spirituality is about. We're mm. the material world coming at you and that's very raw and all, you know, what we get from the outside, but you have this rich inside that's able to have a higher vantage point and, you know, take off that had a victimization into opportunity of expediting your soul's growth, so to speak. That's freaking epic. I just love how you explain that. It's so powerful. I've never heard it like that. You know, it's like the vantage point. You get to rise your vantage point. It's not not like a a frequency, not a vibration, not an energy, although it is that. Like that's that's not what we're referring to right now. I love how it's, it's more relatable. It's more like... From a human being's perspective, how are you going to look at it? Are you going to look at it as the life's, the life's coming at you, the circumstance, the event? You're going to blame, judge, resist, try to keep it away? Or are you going to go higher and say, man, what's happening with you know Chris right here and this flat tire he just got? That is nuts, man. Oh, my goodness. what? I wonder what that protected him for in the coming you know drive that he had to turn around and go back to vegas to repair his tire and spend an extra three hours instead of going to san diego true story oh, <laughs> oh no. Self-disclosure. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so it's like uh, to be able to have that perspective and not get pissed off and angry and be like why me but rather say hmm this happened for a reason. What else can I do in the meantime? How can I how can I turn this into fuel? How can I use this thing that came at me and dance with it? I think uh, what is it? Um, 
Tai, no, not Tai Chi, um, um, Jiu Jitsu. Jiu Jitsu uses people's um, momentum and things, and so does, uh, there's another martial arts that does, does it. It's like a, a flow, Aikido. Aikido also does that, um, where you take people's you know, momentum and force and turn it into what you want it to be. It's also like a dance, you know, like the, the dance when you're dancing with a partner, you never know specifically what you're going to get unless you two are a choreographed pair. Um, and even that, there's still, you know, variants. There's still each human gets to show up and, and express their movements and their uh, own personality and their perfection and their flaws, so to speak, and, and missteps and all that kind of stuff. So it's just fascinating, man. I love this. I love this. Yeah. Like firstly would say, be like water and just flow where, you know, it takes you kind of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. That's, that's rad. So you're helping your clients. I want to dive into um, hypnosis and past life regression. Cause I think that's something that we don't talk about as much um, on this 12 hour marathon, yeah. which is cool. Cause I love diving into um, things that are fresh for our audience. Um, yeah. Why did you get into that? And why has that been an important part of you providing uh, service, this service to people? You know, um, I think most of us are drawn to this field from, you know, firsthand experience and, and suffering and, and going through a difficult time. I mean, certainly, you know, as a young child, having this experience has had a lot of after effects of it, including, you know, enhanced intuitive capabilities. And, you know, my brain was differently shaped, you know, from that experience. And so I was able to, you know, easily access that realm. But as a child, I had a lot of spontaneous past life recollections. And, you know, wow. one time I was even on a pitcher's mound and, I was even having visions of past lives and the ball of life, so to speak, was in my hands and the batter was there. And I was just, you know, my body was here, but my consciousness was, I was in some other place. And so for me, um, I was, you know, I think I'm very inspired, you know, from my own experience, not to make this about myself, but, you know, really, you know, you want to make this world a different place than what you were exposed to in turning mm. you know, some of those pains and confusing moments of, 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 of moments of, you know, enlightenment and yeah. um, ease for people, you know, and so that they could really own their experiences and expedite their lives. And so for me, I was very much inspired to go over a gift of past life regression, which allows mm -hmm. people to understand, you know, not only from an entertainment perspective, you know, that you've been here before and that you've had, you know, many different lives, incarnations, but more importantly, I'm more into moving forward. And so yep. we had this great experience you know, I'm kind of like you. So what does that mean? You know, yep. it's great. You know, it's kind of like you meditate in the Himalayas. Great. You access Jesus or whatever. <laughs> great. What do you do with it? What's the tangible, right. you know, uh, footwork that you're able to have that leads to results? Because yeah. I think, you know, that's the kind of world that we're in. Um, you know, and so for me, you know, everyone talks about soul's purpose and soul's understanding and, you know, your life's purpose. And I think you could provide a lot of clues and insight towards, understanding your past but some of the repetitive patterns that happen within this life and so that you're able to um, allow yourselves to you know handle experiences from a different way from being more informed yeah. and more aware yeah. so I think we have a lot more tools in this lifetime than I could remember I guess in other lifetimes you know it's really um, it's almost it almost seems like a cheat and uh, <laughs> what is what is Woody Allen says um, I certainly don't I certainly didn't believe in past lives in this life, and I don't believe in past lives in my last one. But mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anywho, yeah, just just some uh, comedic stuff. But um, yeah. no, it's it's great. And so I run groups, I have sessions, mm. you know. But you know, people come for different reasons. But I think my whole, if I were to have a goal of it, it would be to allow to take yourselves this information to explain family dynamics, um, 
you know, health-related issues or could be explained from, you know, past life, you know, ex- you know regression and hypnosis, yeah. uh, life path themes, life purpose, um, you know, a lot of who you are and your many gifts and where you've come from could be explained. Mm-hmm. Interpersonal mm-hmm. dynamics could be explained, you know, so wear many hats, many different lives, but, you know, similar you know, messages, you know, until yeah. they're embraced and, uh, you know, uh, implemented in your life. So yeah. it's, it's interesting. Uh, I think that's that's a, a critical part of it. A lot of people might hear spiritual wisdom, might get intuitional nudges, might, you know, like receive guidance from the universe, from people in their environment, from their, their guides, whatever it might be. Um, and it's about what they do with it. So is there any recommendations you would give on how to integrate that more effectively, how to learn the lesson, how to really embody that spiritual lesson even more? And forgive me, this is regarding higher spiritual truths or past life awareness and stuff like that. You know, I don't want to sound too new agey or too um, repetitive, uh, but it's, it's very simple. You know, I think, you know, from my own near-death experience, near-death experience, I understood the brain as the most important ally between the two worlds. And so the more relaxed the brain is, and for my case, my brain shut down, I was able to totally be in that world. But for me, the more that the brain is relaxed, the more that it could be a cleaner filter, you know, mm. between the two worlds. And a lot of people become so left-brained that their lives become very, very you know, much, you know, left-brain represent the analytical side. Yeah. becomes very dry, they criticize everything, you know, it could drive you nuts. And, you know, the inverse of that, a lot of people become right-brained and very creative, and that's good, but it's very hard, you know, to do well without that middle ground. And so when you think of song, right, song has a lyric, which is represented by the left brain, and it has a harmony by the right brain. And so when wow. the two are infused together, you're able to really recite and state your song, which really why we're all here. You don't want to die when the music is still kind of in you. You want to yeah. express your song. So meditation is a quickest way to access your deeper soul's connection um, and really allow yourself to quiet your mind, to really reflect on who you are, but it could also allow you to expand yourself, expand your horizons, and really allow a lot more of who you are to crystallize to the surface. I think so many of people are disempowered, you know, because when you think about it from day one, we're almost programmed as if we're a blank canvas. And people, mm. You know, when we do well in a test, it's pass-fail. Uh, we do well at home, good-bad. And so our condition with who we are is based off of how the outside world, you know, depicts us. And so mm-hmm. we have a very limited, um, you know, vantage point of who we are, you know, within our programming and meditation allows us to be a little bit more deprogrammed to get to the core truth, almost kind of like the fire away, burn away approach, no pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I also wanted to ask you about um, being mindful and meditating and you mentioned when you shut down the brain activity when that goes to a minimum um, you're able to connect to your deeper truths um, the deepest parts of you that, that's able to crystallize you're able to like really get more in touch with that in tune with that aware of that um, like how does why does that work how does that work when you stop your thinking and stop stop your brain like these deeper truths come to the surface yeah you know um it's, it's, you're making me dig here. I like it. Thank yes. you. <laughs> you know, obviously we have, you know, four major brain waves, you know, the alpha, mm. beta, theta, and delta. And so, yep. um, you know, meditation is usually associated with, with allowing yourself to get into the first and second you know, major brain wave. The third and fourth are really more sedative type. Mm. Uh, but really, you know, the brain, 
um, you know, to me is, is, is a lot of where, you know, our consciousness lies, yeah. a lot of our thoughts lies. It's funny that you say this. As a young kid, um, I was in my kindergarten class and I saw myself that I was existing in my thought. I was existing in my brain. And I felt very much disconnected. You know, the head and the heart are a couple inches apart, but they're universes apart for some people. Mm, yeah. And that's where the disconnect lies. And so, you know, I don't think it's necessarily shutting down the brain, but having, you know, the brain, the mind, the body, and the spirit all infused so that there's a mind-body, you know, parallel relationship. Really, ideally, you should be existing, you know, in your gut, which is your core, you know, wow. it's your essence. English language on a subconscious basis will say, speak from your gut, speak from your core. Mm. Why do we speak like this? Or mm. That our brain is on fire or our head is on fire. Rather, have too many thoughts or we're cool headed. And so we use a lot of the spiritual elements to describe mm. our certain you know, physiological conditions. We don't even notice it that we're speaking higher spiritual truths of, you know, the earth, air, fire, water, ether, you know, mm. dichotomy. But what the point where I'm trying to get at is um, it's not to say to, to, you know, shut down the brain. The brain is going to do what it's going to do. Mm. Allow yourself to get more into the body, to be in tune mm. with your heart, uh, with your gut, you know, where you're holding stress and kind of having like a good biofeedback, you know, type understanding of, you know, as we all know, stress is very much created with the communication between the mind and the, and the body, the most important communication line that you can have. So yeah. um, I wouldn't say necessarily it's about shutting down the brain. It's really about, about, about getting in tune with mm. your yeah, I, I think I think the heart heart math calls it coherence. When your when your heart when your brain is in coherence with your heart, and I guess even better is when it's in coherence with your gut and your entire body, your entire being is like in the same wavelength, so that like you're totally aligned. And it's like when when you're that way, then if you're living from your core, that's your essence. That's who you are. You're like your your deepest, most purest. I think loving and abundant and prosperous and powerful and greatest possible self would come from the core, not necessarily your head of comparing and contrasting and deleting, distorting, generalizing, uh, as NLP talks about, like your head's just trying to, you know, fit everything that's going on in this world, in what you perceive to be the world, how you understand and know the world, um, trying to process that. But if you get your gut and your heart and your head in alignment, then it's not so much in, uh, as important as what's going on in this physical world, but it's about who you're, you're being from the inside, how you're feeling, what you want to resonate, what you want to radiate. And then I think once you're aligned with that, then you can choose to shift. And it's like your whole, your whole ship will be able to shift, change direction because you, you choose, Hey, I was in scarcity in my head. I was in wanting to be in abundance in my heart. And then in my core, I was fighting for survival and now boom, I'm all aligned. Let's go on the ship towards prosperity or whatever it might be. I'm, I'm curious. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, you know, Harvard studies has now proven that so many people are about, you know, 40 percent, 40, 50 percent of their lives in a place in a moment of disconnect or obsessive mm. thought or rumination. Wow. So when you think about it, to live your most impactful lives, you know, that means that the majority of us are not in this moment, are not in our body, mm. you know, are not connected between the mind, body, spirit. And we're, you know, in places of, you know, the past worrying about, you know, uh, you know, sadness and the future worrying about, you know, you know, future which uh, causes anxiety, as Lao Tzu would say. And so, you know, being in this moment, you know, allows us to be flow ready, you know, to mm. uh, that we are able to handle, you know, your life, you know, without as much, 
um, editing and processing, and so we're able to be more in flow. And uh, I know I spoke about my friend George, I, George Mumford, who's a good friend of mine, good family friend. Um, and, you know, regarding meditation and mindfulness, a lot of people just thought of it as a way to escape. But, you know, what I like about mindfulness, it's geared, you know, towards success. It's geared towards, you know, reaching your highest, you know, greatest self. You know, yeah. It really allows you to tune in almost like a great guitar player, you know, looks at the strings and tunes in those strings so that your, your pitch could be as great as you can. So many people are just playing their guitar with broken strings and they're wondering why they're frustrated or you know, burnt out and just saying, why can't, you know, I'd be more. Well, wow. I got to tune it in. You know, yeah. but George was great in, you know, working with the Chicago Bulls players uh, because he allowed them to be more in flow. You know, mm. and athletes, um, when you're in flow, all of your capabilities, as you said, that mind, body, spirit is able to be put out there. But mm. when you're in analysis, when you're editing, when you're thinking about the fans, you know, you're here and your body's over here. So it's very hard for you to hit that jump shot. Yeah. It's very hard for you to stay, you know, in, in the moment and in mm. flow with your surroundings and having a heightened sense of um, interconnectedness of the game yeah. it could be implemented in sports, performing academics, you know, whatever you want uh, business. It's, it's, it's a wonderful tool. Um, and, you know, I'm glad it's getting a lot more respect than what it used to. You know, yeah. it's really gaining a whole new form, this, this whole movement. So it's great. Wow. That's beautiful. So what are you most excited about seeing uh, mindfulness become more accessible to people and seeing it make a, a bigger difference in people's lives. Yeah, you know, I think my whole goal is to really allow an equal playing field, as I said before, mm. for all this information. And so I want people to um, really, um, you know, for me, this whole experience is a countercultural practice because we're kind of taught that, you know, life is based off of how we experience, you know, and what we're kind of handed down rather than being empowered with what your truth is and what you mm. experience. And so yeah. I think it allows a lot more people to have a more intimate connection with themselves, to befriend, you know, elements and aspects of themselves that they may not like. And this really is, is the greatest tool towards towards change and really allowing people to be the greatest possible self, you know, if you ask me. Yeah, I love <laughs> That's it. That's great. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, I see that you are – exploring a lot of different mediums to be able to serve people, right? Whether it's public speaking, whether it's hypnosis, whether it is, um, you know, just teaching people meditation, you know, like there's all these different mediums. Do you have a favorite that you, you love doing the most or a, a type of serving people or a gift that lights you up the most? Yeah. You know, every time I get up there, it's kind of like a cup of espresso with either a client or, or a group, you know, whatever have you, it's just kind of different, you know, but, you know, for me, you know, I, I'm called to the person who, you know, is, is, you know, doesn't like where they are, you know, mm -hmm. is uncomfortable where they are, has some questions, you know, is, is questioning a bit of reality, you know, and is looking for some answers, you know, the ones with the arms crossed, you know, are also good to talk to, but, uh, you know, it requires, you know, the fact that you're planting a seed, you hold no responsibility for where it goes. And if they want to, Resist and might persist, but usually the people, the you know, open minds, open hearts, you know, are the easiest to get through. Yeah, um, the, the the image that popped up in my mind since you mentioned seed is like someone who's in a seed might not even be ready to break through. Someone who's in a, let's say, who's still a caterpillar, still asleep, quote unquote, but still like it's wondering about the cocoon or maybe it just jumped into the cocoon. It's like, how am I going to get to a butterfly? But the seed is like, maybe the seed hasn't even broken through to start sprouting yet. 
you are still there to serve those people. If the, if the seed person comes, they say well, they want to help, but they're a little skeptical, they're a little closed off to, to the possibility, to the transformation, you're still there for them. And it sounds like the people who are, who are like breaking through their shell and they're like, Jacob, what's out there? Show me, tell me, how do I, how do I grow? How do I be my best self? You're like, all right, let's put some fertilizer on this thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I never take any credit for any, mm. you know, that's just, you know, my truth again. Um, I don't take credit. You know, all I do is I'm just, you know, delivering information. Mm. And what people do is that they're able to take that information, you know, and challenge their everyday reality you know, and mm. question what they have. And for me, you know, my experience allowed me to, understand that to be able to find yourself you have to be willing to lose yourself so to speak and that's yeah. a very vulnerable place yeah. and so for me once i suffocated all that i knew was taken from me and i was never never able to look at life in the same way and so you know this practice i i know it's easy off the tongue you know it's very easy to speak about but difficult to stomach and to implement you know and so i i think it really requires a very devoted, resilient, you know, and strong person to, to take this in, you know, but there's many rungs and many uh, levels of this. Um, there's many, everyone's on a different evolutionary, you know, pattern, whether that they're a younger spirit, older spirit, you know, middle soul, whatever have you. And so everyone's at a different level, much as you've got post-grads, you know, graduate uh, elementary school, you know, but, um, you know, one step at a time for everyone. Yeah, I love it. And I love, I love what you said there, but you, you have to be uh, willing to, to, to lose yourself, to be able to find yourself. I think that's something a lot of people are afraid of is losing themselves. And especially I think we're in a society and a culture where if we lose ourselves, we're like seen as crazy or weird or something like that, that I think a lot of people are afraid to let go to that level or that something like that might happen and there would be uh, irreparable damage to themselves, to, them, to their life, to their family, to their, you know, whatever is going on with them. I'm curious how you encourage people to do that and still, uh, you know, how do you, how do you encourage people to do that and at what level? And I'm sure everyone's different, but I'd love to hear your guidance on that. Yeah. I mean, outside of listening to Marshall Mathers or Eminem and his song, Lose Yourself, and having that <laughs> post-hypnotic suggestion, um, you know, I, I'm glad with the work that he did. Um, he really gave, the, gave that statement a lot more tangibility and gave it a bit of a hip and a pep to the step. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I think it's, 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 it's one step at a time. You know, mm. a lot of people will ask me, you know, I didn't have a near-death experience. You have a vantage point. How do I get that clarity? How do I have mm. what you have? And, you know, when I, you know, the only way to allow this is to be on the field. If you're on yeah. the field, if you're aware, if you're questioning yourself, and if you have an open mind and an open heart, you know, you'll, you'll recognize that life will come differently to you. Um, I think also the bigger element is understanding that that is nothing outside of yourself. I mean, my experience wasn't outside of myself. You know, it's the deepest core to who I am and what I'm connected to. You know, and so I think for people, it's, recognizing that you're already there you just have to peel off some of the layers and you know within time you come back to your core mm. uh but it's it's nothing that we don't have my experience is nothing that anyone doesn't have i just happen to i guess remember it but at, at the core it's you know who we are and what we're all connected to as infinite you know spiritual beings truly that's a phyla that's who we are uh, but I would say, you know, there's different modalities. Um, I know you mentioned martial arts. I was, as a very young age, I was very much, um, you know, tuned in and practiced heavily martial arts. I was a brown belt in a Japanese practice called Shotokan. 
uh, which from a young age gave me a good, you know, mind-body you know, type practice. Uh, yoga is fantastic for mind-body connection, really allowing yourself to open us, open yourself up. Um, you know, Tai Chi, you know, great. You know, even if it's just taking a walk and being mindful. You know, so many people are so focused on having these out-of-body experiences or, you know, accessing the silver cords, all this stuff. But if you can't embrace, you know, the hummingbird in the air or the blue sky, you know, right mm. above you or this planet, it's, 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 it's going to be very hard, you know, to, to embrace the, the other stuff. So, uh, you know, it's an evolution. It's part of embracing yourself and all that you're connected to. Um, That's beautiful. Beautiful. And I, I hear being in wonder and like recognizing the miracle of life, of reality, like just totally, it's almost like, I don't want to say spacing out, but like just how can you expand that moment? How can you expand into the into the infiniteness of that moment? How can you make it even more beautiful? Like like appreciate it even more, and like really yeah. dive into it. That's that's what I hear um, that I could expand into as, as someone who wants to like amplify my life and my experience in life. How do I take each moment and just like bask in it and and just embody yeah. it? Well, look, if you look at a child, you know they're not pondering or thinking. They've got their eyes wide open, right, yeah. and they're looking at the world. With so much curiosity mm. and we've diverted from that we've gone away from that and you know we've gone away from our core because yeah. uh, we've been conditioned to the, the mental society the society that's on the go 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 uh, be more excess more and you know just be in this very much immersed in the in this hypnosis of this material you know world and that's yeah. not a bad thing but if you're not yeah. truly connected you know that could lead to a lot of uh, you know dangers and issues yeah. um, you know and so um, what I'll say is, you know, embrace being a child, you know, yeah. laugh, you know, even laughter as, as, as funny as that sounds, no pun intended. Um, there, there's, um, a, a club actually in India that meets almost like every day. You could look it up on YouTube. It's called the laughing club of India. Hmm. Uh, and they just meet and they holler and laugh at the top of the lungs as much as they can, you know, because as we said before in our society, you know, we're very much conditioned uh, with our own states based off of what, how we do and what we perform and how we're measuring up to in the outside world. But these are people on the lowest socioeconomic totem pole, you know, on the planet, arguably, but they're smiling, they're laughing. The mm -hmm. mathematical equation to me, you know, is really we are existential existence, you know, beings. We don't have to define ourselves by what's in front of us. And if we do, we're going to be a prisoner to that. And so, you know, laughing is a great exercise. I implement that with a lot of my groups. Um, laughing is therapy. Not only is it great for physiological basis and all the you know, different you know, biochemicals that it has to your brain, allowing your organs to kind of squeeze out, but it really allows you to understand that happiness has nothing to do with what is in front of you. It really mm. doesn't. It's got very little to do with it. Um, it's really what living your life from the inside out versus outside in that will define your emotional degrees of freedom that you have in your life. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And I think uh, I love laughing. And I, I also think for me, what came up is like, hey, you know, that would be fun to do with my girlfriend to remind ourselves like that we can generate that at any time. And we don't need a reason to laugh. It's just sit down with the yeah. intention to laugh. And like, it, it, just do it and practice it because like, it, we don't need an external stimulus to cause mm -hmm. us to laugh, we can generate right. laughter, and it's almost like a weird thought that you know someone would just start 
generating laughter from within themselves, but it, it truly can. You just like laugh and, and, uh, it, it just, it's contagious, you know? And I, I just, for me, yeah. it's, it's when I'm around people who I have a certain, um, certain relationship with, there's a certain status quo, uh, so to speak, it might be difficult to do new things like that, uncomfortable things, challenge that status quo, do something that we've never done before. But I think a healthy relationship is one where you can bring these ideas to the table and give it a shot together or, you know, with a, with a partner, with a friend, with a, a girlfriend, significant other, whatever it might be. And you can bring these new ideas to the table and give it a shot and see what happens. Like what's, what's the worst that could happen? It's, it's weird. It's uncomfortable. Hey, you, you just gave it a shot, you know? Yeah. And you have to look at, you know, where are most people? Most people think standing like this is pretty normal with your shoulders very tense, your neck tense, your heart racing. You know, that's become the new normal, you know, right? And, but but people trying to change that or shift that, they're crazy. They're all sudden. <laughs> that, it makes no sense. But that's our world. We're very used to sitting and standing like this and being boxed mm. in and, mm. you know, talking the game. And, uh, you know, that's that's what we've constructed. It doesn't have to be. We have the canvas in our hand. Uh, I'm sorry, the paintbrush in our hand and the canvas in front of us. We can make it to how we want to be. And again, that's what about being flow is. And I think we can learn a lot from stigmatized populations, such as children who are looked at, you know, in, in such a wrong way. You know, I think we could learn a lot from the two polar, you know, the two polarities of the age demographics of senior citizens who have had the most worldly experiences and, and children who are really the most spiritual aware they're not as conditioned or programmed and so their awareness is very much pure but they don't uh condition their own state off of uh the outside forces and mm. really when you think about it we come from an unconditional uh love you know that's you know to me what i at least connected to my near-death experience which is the highest grade you know greatest sensation and that's at the core of who we are we're dropped from the ocean the ocean is unconditional love we're a drop of that. And so, so many of us are so frustrated because we're going against our phyla. We're conditioning off of who we are, you know, based off of what society tells us, rather than sticking into our truth that we are enough, we are whole, uh, we are so much more than we could ever imagine, but we don't listen to that tune enough. That tune has been bogged down by so many other voices that have gone and interfered with that. And so I think the greatest, under, if there's a greatest lesson to understand is, Spiritual evolution is not the process of accumulation. It's the process of reduction and getting you know, true to your core. It's, it's removing and peeling off of all those layers you know, to get back to your child self, basically, if you ask me. That's your natural self. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Jacob, this is off the charts awesome, out of this universe epic. And I know our audience wants to keep growing with you, take their next steps on the journey with you. We're going to tell them how they can do that in just a second. And then after that, we're also going to do the minute to win it where you basically, you can either recap what we've already talked about. You can share something new that comes from your heart, but you're going to have a minute, about a minute to just share your uh, enthusiasm, your empowerment, and your mm -hmm. encouragement for our awesome, awesome listeners. And specifically say you, you know, the, the one listener who's listening, who really needs to hear that message. And before that, Let's talk about how people can continue their journey with you because this is awesome, dude. How do they stay connected? Thank you. Thank you. Um, first of all, I don't know how you do the 12-hour hour marathon. You're amazing. <laughs> I'm like, when you have me to have a minute, I'm like, Chris, you got an energy drink for me? I need to get him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, you're amazing. Your energy is incredible. Uh, you're, you're a special guy. Not everyone could do that. You've got a real drive and a real passion. Um, I'm so fortunate to be a part of this. But uh, if anyone is interested in touching base with me and 
you know, um, having, you know, any inquiries, questions, or, you know, interested in having a past life regression session or, you know, you know, information about Reiki or having a guided meditation session or mindfulness session, you can reach me, you know, on my website at www.jacoblcooper.com. That's, that should be on the bottom, you know, link. Uh, but also you can find me in all places at, you know, on Facebook. That's primarily, you know, where I use a lot of my marketing. So I have my own, you know, personal, but as well as professional page. So people could follow, you know, upcoming events. I know I'm going to be down in Virginia uh, next week presenting at a conference in Philly. And then I have a program up in Ontario, Canada at a liberal arts college coming up in the fall. So yeah. some exciting programs. So, you know, I, I'd love to stay in touch with whoever's interested and just be a part of, you know, your journey. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, we got Jessica Suzanne Dugas, who's out there in the audience. She was on the 12-hour marathon a couple weeks ago. She's an amazing human being, amazing guest. And she also has her own show uh, called The Breakthrough. Jacob, um, definitely recommending you to go on that <laughs> show. I think you would be an amazing, amazing guest for, for her show as well. So Jessica and Jacob, y'all are connecting. I'm going to make it happen just, uh, you, just, just so you know. <laughs> Thank you. Gotta love the modern day, man. It's instantaneous connections. That's great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So Jacob, let's dive into the minute to win it, man. Let's give it to this person who needs to hear this message. Yes. You know, so for those of you who haven't, you know, tuned in, for those of you who might be tuning right now, um, you know, my, you know, just to recap it, um, you are an infinite, you know, being, you you are timeless, you are limitless. Um, I'm a near-death experiencer and I had that experience, but I don't necessarily need to believe that you need to have that experience. And so through really the process of reduction and really burning away of a lot of the um, excess that we've inherited and a lot of the information that really doesn't ring true to who you are, you could really come true more to, you know, to your essence. So just remember that you're infinite, you know, being and you're timeless. And once again, we don't die. You know, we go on forever. We just merely change shape and change form. And we have a rebirthing period, and it's a very exciting period. It's nothing to be worried about or concerned, but really this moment will shift your eternity. So um, that's my message for all viewers, and I thank you all for tuning in here. It's a pleasure to be um, a part of your journeys. So thank you. (laughs) Jacob. I love you, man. Thank you so much for being here. So much, so much gratitude and appreciation for you and for what you're creating in the world and all the people's lives you're touching. And I know this is just the beginning for both of us. We are diving in and uh, we're expanding a lot. So I appreciate you being here, man. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. You're welcome. We'll see you soon. Okay, Jacob? Thank you, Chris. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, 
head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action, head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever. <laughs>